I've never really understood why some clothing brands go for a one-size-fits-all model. I mean, one size will never actually work for everyone, and why would we want it to? I think too often, mainstream porn gives us the idea of one-size-fits-all kind of sex. The kind of sex where if you have the so-called perfect appearance, you get to act out your specific gender role to fulfill one idea of sex. And if you happen to fall outside of that mold, then you might only see yourself in porn as a stereotype. We've talked a bit so far about what porn tells us about sex itself, but what about the people having it? What does porn say about gender and gender roles in sex? What about race and sexuality? Body image? Beauty standards? On this episode of Pornlet, we're talking representation. Who is sex for and who decided that anyway? Welcome to Porn Lit with Astrid, a limited podcast series designed to develop the media literacy skills we need to become critical consumers of sexually explicit media, aka pornography, aka porn. I'm Astrid, an undergraduate student at Mount Allison University and your host of Porn Lit. I've spent the summer researching pornography, sexual and dating violence, and sex education in Canada. As a reminder, on the pod, I don't take a pro or anti-porn stance. My goal is to help build skills in media literacy. Check out the links in the show notes to learn more from some wonderful sex ed resources. I want to start this episode by thinking about what free mainstream porn says about men and women and the different roles they play in heterosexual sex. Does sex in porn always seem like everyone is getting what they want? Or is it more like someone is doing something to someone else? How are women and men represented in porn? Well, it's important to remember that gender rules are just the unspoken rules that limit and determine how we're expected to act as men, women, and non-binary folks. A person's sex is their biological makeup. Gender is how we feel and the ways in which we express femininity and masculinity. Pornography can reinforce the idea that there's one correct way to act in sex if you're a man or a woman, or one correct way to enjoy sex like a man or like a woman. What comes to mind when you think of traditional gender roles? We might associate masculinity with being dominant or domineering. Throughout history, men have often taken on the role of the provider, the protector, they're tough. On the other hand, femininity might be associated with passivity, fragility, needing protection. 
women are traditionally thought to be caretakers, nurturers. And for a long time, in marriage, women were property of their husbands. Over time, we've done a pretty good job of debunking these gender roles. Men can be sensitive and emotional. Being girly isn't a bad thing. And girls can do everything boys can do, etc. Meanwhile, porn seems to have taken these norms, cranked them up to 100, and created a gendered model for sex. In porn, women are often portrayed as submissive. They might be held down or forced into a position and rarely initiate the sex. Men tend to take on a more dominant role, initiating sex, moving the woman into different positions, using force to control her movements. So why is there such a rigid script for gender in heterosexual porn? Are these gender roles in sex worth keeping around? Young men might be getting the message from porn that you need to take control, initiate, and be powerful in a relationship, especially when it comes to sex. I think, to me, porn sends the message to young women that you need to be shown what you want. You're submissive and at the whim of a guy's desires. But what's pleasurable for one person doesn't necessarily need to be true for everyone of that gender. It's ridiculous to think that a man's brain is hardwired to like the color blue, and women are hardwired to like pink, for example. Again, human sexuality is so diverse, and it's up to you to decide what feels good to you. Taking on a more dominant or submissive role or trying to avoid that power dynamic altogether is a choice for you and your partners. But there's no saying that just because you're a woman, you ought to be submissive in sex, enjoy violence, and being told what to do. And just because you're a man, you enjoy being forceful and dominant. While it's true that people of all genders watch porn, most porn you see on free sites is made by men for men. What does that look like? If you've seen heterosexual porn before, think about the narrative it often follows. Typically, kissing, maybe like 30 seconds max of foreplay, oral sex, often only on the man, sex, man will ejaculate in or on woman. One study found that men had orgasms 76% of the time in porn videos, compared to only 17% for women. If you think of this like a sexual narrative or script, it often revolves around male orgasm and male pleasure. We can think of it as porn created for the male gaze, so basically catering to what porn producers think men want to see. From a young age, sex and sexuality are treated very differently for boys and girls. Boys are stereotypically thought to be obsessed with sex and will go after it. 
For girls, sex is seen as something to avoid in order to preserve your innocence or as something that will happen to you. For boys, being sexual at a young age is associated with clout or being cool. On the other hand, and I'm hoping that this is changing, there are a host of derogatory names for girls who have sex or have sex with multiple people. Girls aren't traditionally perceived to think about sex as much as boys, masturbate, or really desire sex. And when they do, they might be thought of as promiscuous or slutty or whatever else. This double standard, that boys are treated differently than girls when it comes to sex, is really unfair. People of all genders think about sex and desire it. Do you think porn contributes or feeds our beliefs about who wants sex and who doesn't? Do you think these double standards might be connected to violence against women or sexual violence? I'm not sure about those questions, but I think my worry is that these double standards restrict women's sexual agency. That means it limits our ability to say what we want, be taken seriously, have our desires met, and our no's respected. I think porn kind of subtly tells us that sex is something a woman does to fulfill a man's desires more than her own. But Sex is a reciprocal, mutual act where everyone involved should enjoy the experience. Guess what? Lots of women love sex and get pleasure from it. It's not just about men, but porn forgets that. Part of the problem might be that porn tends to depict female pleasure in a very specific one-size-fits-all way. For instance... Much of heterosexual porn shows women having intense orgasms based mostly on penetrative penis and vagina sex. Research suggests only about 25% of women seem to orgasm from penetrative sex alone. Now, we can't say for sure because we don't have a definitive study on this one, but it's fair to say that most people who have clitorises need clitoral stimulation to orgasm, and a penis in a vagina doesn't do that for most people. Orgasms definitely don't need to be the objective goal of sex, but we also know that there's a big gap between heterosexual men and women in who has orgasms during heterosexual sex. We don't see this issue when we talk about masturbation or women having sex with other women. It's not that women are less likely to have orgasms. It's that they're less likely to have them with men compared to on their own or with other women. Interesting. <laughs> Despite how porn represents pleasure and performance for men and women, you get to decide when you're ready how having sex feels good for you and everyone you're involved with. At the end of the day, whatever your gender is, you have the right to have your sexual and bodily boundaries respected and are worthy of pursuing healthy, happy, fulfilling romantic and sexual relationships. 
So it seems like porn offers a pretty cookie-cutter account for gender roles in sex. But what about representation for different bodies? TV shows and movies are finally starting to create rich, complicated stories for characters that exist in all sorts of different bodies. But the mainstream porn industry doesn't seem to have caught up yet. We know that only a percentage of people live in thin, abled bodies, and I think it's important to see bodies that fall outside of that mold having and enjoying sex. Do you think porn contributes to or reinforces one socially constructed idea of beauty? If you've watched it before, think about what porn performers have in common. Typically, you'll see thin, young white women with large breasts and muscular men with penises that are above average in size. But this is only a fraction of what real people look like. And these performers have to look a certain way for their living. Maintaining the way they look is part of their job. If you have a body type that doesn't fit into this standard, then it might be labeled separately, like BBW, which is porn showing big, beautiful women. On the other hand, because of fat phobia or discrimination against fat folks, there's also porn dedicated to humiliating fat women. The point is, if you don't look the way that most mainstream porn performers look, you are still worthy of being loved, being shown affection, and having enjoyable sex. Let's talk averages. The average penis size is just over 5 inches, but penises in porn may make the average seem larger than it is. Ever wondered how it seems like they can go on forever? Well, they may also be taking pills that treat erectile dysfunction or masturbate in between takes. Also, vaginas in porn often have small labias. For the record, vaginas come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes, and labias are super important for protecting vaginal health. If you hear performers talking about how tight a woman is in porn, you should know that your vagina doesn't get looser by having sex often. Also, sex shouldn't be uncomfortable. If it hurts, your body might be sending you a signal that you're not ready in that moment to have sex and need some extra lubrication. Lube is a great tool to have in your kit. You don't see it much on screen in porn, but lube is really commonly used to make for a smooth and enjoyable experience. Also, if you've seen porn, is it common to see pubic hair? Certainly, there's some variety among performers, but generally, porn seems to push the idea that pubic hair should be removed. This is kind of a funny beauty standard because it's actually pretty new. In fact, back in the 15th century, some women would wear merkins or pubic hair wigs because it was a sign of wealth and health. In the 60s and 70s, pubic hair went through a big trend resurgence until the Brazilian wax was invented in 1987. So... These trends and standards will always fluctuate, 
And like anything, it's your body and you get to decide what to do with it. If your partner insists on you changing your body in some way for them to have sex with you, it might be worth reconsidering what kind of relationship you want with them. Let's also take a second to think about how people of different races are represented in porn. If you've seen porn, have you noticed any differences in how black performers are portrayed versus white performers? What traits are they generally associated with? How are they described in titles or in categories? Often, porn performers who aren't white are made to depict stereotypes like the aggressive black thug, the feisty Latina, or the submissive Asian. When these racist stereotypes are used in pornography, they imply that there's one idea of sexuality and behavior for everyone of a particular race. The ways that BIPOC or Black, Indigenous, and other people of color are portrayed in porn might contribute to the idea that they're more sexual, lesser than, or in need of correction. Of course, these ideas didn't start in porn, but they reinforce ideas about Black men being aggressive or Latinx folks being loud and hostile. These stereotypes influence the ways people who aren't white are treated in everyday life and by systems of power, like the police and judicial system. If you're watching porn, it's important to remember that there is no way to determine sexual preference based on race, and making assumptions based on stereotypes can spread harmful and racist attitudes. What about queer or two-spirit, lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, queer plus representation? First, I want to say that seeing your sexuality represented can be so powerful and reaffirming. Again, everyone is worthy of love, romance, and sex. Because I had to limit my research topic to mainstream heterosexual porn, I just want to talk about some things to look out for when it comes to how queer relationships are presented in porn that's made for a heterosexual audience. That might sound counterintuitive, but for example, on mainstream porn sites, lesbian porn is a popular search term among heterosexual men. This means that instead of good queer representation, this is creating a fantasy for straight men one that fetishizes lesbian sex and relationships or makes them into an object for sexual consumption. This can contribute to the idea that lesbian relationships or same-gender attraction aren't legitimate and authentic. It might also support the false and discriminatory idea that it just takes the right man to come along and turn a woman straight. Porn also capitalizes on misrepresentations of bisexual folks, where they can be portrayed in mainstream porn as predators with 
uncontrollable sex drives who will have sex with anyone. This can have a real impact on understanding bisexuality. And any sexual orientation where you're attracted to more than one gender. Sexual orientation doesn't determine sexual preference. And while it may be true for some, we can't say that every bisexual or pansexual person wants multiple sexual or romantic partners at once. Also, transgender folks are some of the most likely to be dehumanized in the porn industry. Particularly in mainstream porn, videos portraying trans folks often focus on their punishment or belittlement or degradation and humiliation. They might use offensive slurs in the scenes or in the titles of the videos. What effects do you think this kind of porn has on the real lives of trans folks? Ultimately, it's important to be critical about how porn that was created with a heterosexual audience in mind can fetishize queer folks, turning them into sexual objects instead of real people with their own sexual desires. In case I haven't said it enough, porn was made for entertainment, not education. So, if you're watching porn, try and think about whether it looks like it's depicting a genuine relationship, where people are interested in giving and receiving pleasure, or simply look sexy as a performance for someone to observe. Try and notice any generalizations that porn is making about the people performing in it, whether that's about their gender, race, or sexuality. At the end of the day, sex is not one size fits all. So the narrative that might be the most popular on porn sites doesn't have to be the one that you follow. Next episode, we'll be taking a look behind the scenes of the mainstream porn industry to understand why mainstream porn is what it is today and unpack the fantasy of how the films are made. I'm Astrid, and thanks for tuning in to Porn Lit. I'd like to thank Dr. Lisa Don Hamilton and Dr. Robbie Moser for their generous instruction, feedback, and supervision throughout this research project, as well as Matt Tunnicliffe for advising the making of this podcast. Podcast production by Jeremy Dahl at Pale Blue Dot Studios. This project was made possible by an independent student research grant through Mount Allison University.